Okay, all right. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I am so excited about this. Uh, well, I'm excited about every month's Bible study. <laughs> I'm excited about everything related to the kingdom of God, but um, uh, especially excited about just the theme of this year, it seems, with just the Woman of Grace Bible studies and the, the prayer calls and just all of what God is saying to us about our role in the kingdom as his children, but more specific to us as women. And so we talked a lot of uh, last month about um, uh, that July, that weekly July morning prayer series was just fire. And I'm just so grateful for God just really just allowing me the discipline to, to do that and really just uh, your obedience in, in, in responding to the nudge by joining that. I think that that just really just laid some foundation for many of us and really just uh, confirmed and revealed a lot for many of those who were able to join for some or all of that five-week prayer call series. And so I don't know if the Lord will have us do that again, but I, I know that it was a season for that and that it was so powerful um, to care of the Holy Spirit. So, um, but what he was ministering to us about then was just about, um, we talked about obedience. We talked about just moving on the things that God has given us that we've been sitting on. We talked about um, uh, just uh, the supernatural power and authority that we have as believers. We talked about so much, so much, so I can't remember all of what we talked about, but God was really just speaking to us about who we are as um, just as, as, as women and just, and the Lord just keeps saying, we, you know, we must return to our rightful and royal positions as his daughters, right? As daughters of the most high. And so this two-part series is called Call to Influence. And so what's so uh, phenomenal about the Lord is that he gave me this, this series, this whole series, downloaded this in my spirit when I was at my old church home. And that was like maybe six months ago. And I thought it was to be taught there at the, at the Methodist church that I was at. Little did I know that I was wrong. And so he closed the door on it being taught there. And now here I am, I've, you know, I've relocated to Delaware. And it wasn't even for this church. It was for this woman of grace, woman of grace ministry. I didn't know that. I didn't know what it was for. I actually, I honestly thought it was going to be a sermon that I was, <laughs> was going to preach when it was my season for preaching. So I guess that was wrong too. So nonetheless, the Lord just really brought it back around to me this, uh, a couple months ago, last month, and said it's for the woman of grace and it's two parts. And he, and he just really, he had added to what he'd already given me. So here we are. And in this two-part series, we're going to talk about two things. So tonight we're going to talk about the role of a kingdom influencer. And we know we hear the word influencer a lot. Um, the world tosses it around. We hear a social media influencer. We hear all of these influencers, right? But we rarely, if ever, hear about what it means to be a kingdom influencer and what, what the level of influence that we have as, as believers and as Christians, the level of influence that we should have as, as Christians and as believers. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, this image was just so, I love this image so much. Shout out to whoever's image this is. I don't know whose image it is, but it was online. But it really just captured just as kingdom influencers. We'll talk more about just the many areas that God is calling us to, to have dominion over and to have influence over and to have uh, not authority, but have influence over when it comes to our role within that team, group, et cetera, et cetera, environment, office, whatever it may be that God is, wherever God has positioned us. Open up in uh, prayer before we dig right into what God has given me to share. So Father God, we just come to you tonight, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord. We just praise your name, Lord. We just lift you up tonight, Father. You are so faithful, Lord. Despite all that is going on around us, hallelujah, Lord, we are still clothed, Lord. There's still food, Lord. Many of us have been blessed with new homes and, and relocations and just so much right in the midst, Lord, of a pandemic. Hallelujah, Lord, because we know, God, that you still reign supreme, Lord, that you are still in the business of blessing and covering and, and creating or providing provision for your children, Lord, that you still will ensure that every need of ours is supplied for, Lord. We thank you for all that you have ministered to us thus far this year through Women of Grace and outside of Women of Grace, Father. And we thank you that even in our quiet time, Lord, that you have continued to confirm and reaffirm some things that we, um, that we have learned here from you, Lord. And so we pray tonight, Lord, that you just continue to really just 
encourage us and remind us, Lord, of the level of influence that we have as your children, as your daughters, Lord. So influential, Father God. And so we pray, Lord, that at the end of this two-part series, Lord, that we are truly, truly walking and have truly embraced who we are in you, Lord, and all that we have um, uh, to do in all of the areas and the people and the territories that we have to impact solely because of whose we are, Lord. So we thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank you for my sisters who are listening live and who will listen to the replay, Father. I pray that this really ministers to them on a deep level, Father, as it will minister to me as well, Lord. We thank you, Father, and we praise you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. All right, so we're gonna just dig right in. Oh, hey, Nish. Oh, feel free to turn on your camera. It's okay. I have to. <laughs> I like the camera, but I can't really see out anyway. Um, okay. Oops, I'm gone. Okay, so we're going to talk about influence. Again, we hear, um, we hear the word influence all the time, and I wanted to really just pull up the definition of influence. And influence means the capacity to have an effect on the character. Let's go about, okay, yeah. On the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. So influence is the capacity to have an effect. So when you are influencing someone or when you deem someone or view someone as influential, it is someone that can affect change. It is someone that has the potential to change the way that you think, the way that you believe, the way that you see yourself, the way that you behave. It, I mean, this individual, if you say someone is influential, it is usually someone that is in a, uh, a very high level position and is someone that you see as someone who can impact change um, all around, right? Hey, Hope. <laughs> so we're going to take that and we're going to use that word influence and we're going to change the game. And this is the definition that the Holy Spirit gave when uh, just when he was downloading this entire sort of outline for this lesson. And this is what he said a kingdom influencer is. So we know, again, that there's all of these worldly definitions or these worldly roles of social media influencers. And we're going to talk more about the difference in the two, right? When you're, when you're trying to, when you're influencing uh, in a position where you're, you're influencing people, but you're leading them to the products and services opposed to leading them to Christ, right? So a kingdom influencer is a believer that has the supernatural ability to affect the spiritual character development and behaviors of others as a result of their relationship as of our relationship with Jesus. So as a result of our personal relationship with Jesus, because of the influence that he has given us, because of his presence and power that resides within us, we have the supernatural ability to affect the spiritual character, development and behavior of those around us. And you know, you always hear this where they say as a Christian, like non-believers and believers are always watching us, right? And if we truly walk in this level of influence that we have, that we can impact and create waves in the kingdom solely because of our personal relationship and devotion and commitment to uh, our Lord and Savior. Because when we are connected to Jesus, we are going to be a fruit-bearing Christian. And if we are a fruit-bearing Christian, then we will have fruit that is going to nourish other people. So we are essentially are going to have good fruit, fruit that is ripe, fruit that is nourishing, fruit that other people can eat from. So our tree, right? Our tree, our behavior, our conduct, our conversation, our tree should create or grow fruit that is, is, is ripe and it is, it is, um, it is nourishment for other people to eat off of because people are always watching. And despite what people may or may not say, there is a hunger for the word of God. There is a hunger in the world that I am seeing firsthand for someone to have an encounter with Jesus. And that encounter with Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that they want to encounter Jesus like him descended from heaven and all of that. It means that they want to come across someone who looks and feels and hear like they hear Jesus they hear they, they want to come encounter with that love and that compassion and that humility they want to have an encounter with the Lord through us so people are always and so if you notice there are times where you where for example I and I'm sure you know people too but you are especially drawn to this person and you're like wow there's something about him or her that is that 
I'm especially drawn to. And you know that if they're saved, you know it's it's who they are in Christ. It is their love and passion for the Lord. It is their anointing. It is, you know, it is it is their heart for Jesus that you are attracted to. And that's what people should say about us. They should say the exact thing. Man, there's something about her. Man, I don't know what it is, but man, every time I get around her, that heaviness that I was feeling, it's lifted. Not every time I get around her, I feel her heaviness, right? That's the thing. We are separate and set apart from the world. So we, not that we have different struggles. Our struggles are different, but we have somebody who we hang our hope on, right? Like instead of us hanging our hat on someone, we put our hope and Jesus, so we shouldn't have the heaviness that the world has. We should, in fact, be spreading light in the in the in the dark room, right? In the dark world, in the dark conversations. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But this is what a kingdom influencer is designed to do. This is our role on earth, where we have the ability to affect spiritual uh, character development and behaviors of others. I'm telling you, when people spend 30 minutes with us, they should say, "Man." That conversation, whoo, I feel so, I feel so like lifted. I feel so that whatever burden I had before when I was talking to you, when I approached you, man, I just feel like something shifted, right? Like something changed in the atmosphere because of maybe a word that you shared with them. Maybe it was something that you said. Maybe it was a scripture. Maybe it was simply a smile. Maybe it was simply you sharing something that the Lord uh, uh, um, delivered you from or 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 um walked with you through right it, it could be any of those things but either way at the end of their time spent in your presence there's a difference right we should be leaving a footprint and i think i said like a su supernatural like dust everywhere that we walk right where if people walk traced or, or try to retrace our steps they could see the presence of the of the holy spirit wherever we've walked right that's that's the kind of influence that we should have in the world um, and so this, this particular quote, I have a couple quotes, one from my current pastor and one from my previous pastor. And uh, this is from Pastor West, uh, Dr. Reverend West, actually. So <laughs> from Westville United Methodist Church. And he preached a, a sermon series and it was called From Seat to Servant. And it was months ago. It was probably like seven months ago, six, seven months ago. Um, but this was something that really stood out to me. And the Holy Spirit asked me to put this in here. It's so powerful. He said, when I speak, uh, he said, when I speak, I want people to see, hear, and feel God publicly and privately. Wherever you plant your feet, you should be known as a Christian. That is how Jesus was able to eat with sinners and not become like them. His presence was so powerful that it changed the people around him. I, I want to say that again because I think that that's important for us to note. The presence of Jesus was so powerful that it changed those around him that sinners sought after him, that sinners wanted to sit at the table with him, that Jesus wanted to sit at the table with them, but he didn't want to sit at the table with them because he wanted to chop it up. Not at all, right? <laughs> so the whole theory of or concept of Jesus being friends with the sinners, it's not friends in the literal sense where he wanted to just, you just hang out and it'd be homeboy, homegirls with them. That's not what that was. Jesus was on a mission to influence them and to impact change. He has hit, he had his marching orders, which are our same marching orders, and that was seeking and saving the lost, bringing people out of the darkness into his marvelous light. That was his assignment, and that is what he did. But he had that power. He had that power and that influence. Sorry, guys. Um, and, and that that allowed uh, that drew others to him. The critics, the sinners those who believed in him, those who were on the fence. I mean, everybody wanted to gather around him when he speaks, whether they were a fan of his or not. We should have that same, I can't see the chat. We should have that same, that same power and presence. So I know somebody put something in the chat, but for some, oh, okay. Hey, sis, Andrea's on the line. Sorry, that's funny. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk about, is just a great segue into Jesus Christ. Okay, the greatest kingdom influencer, right? So like I said, people wanted to be where Jesus was. When he taught, the multitudes followed him. When he tried to rest, the multitudes still followed him. When he tried to, you know, go left, they went left. When he tried to dodge them, he tried to, you know, get on the boat and sail to the other side, the multitude were still waiting for him. Everywhere he went, there were crowds of people that wanted to, to, to touch him, that wanted to hear him. When he spoke and he taught, people sat around him and they listened to him 
his power and his influence was so great that even people who didn't really believe him wanted to sit at his feet. People went out of their way to cross paths with Jesus. And so we're going to look at one passage and um, we're going to look at Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. And I'm just going to read it really quickly in the, in the NIV because it's on the slide. Um, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Okay, wait, I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> so this tax collector, who was a man of great wealth and stature, he was wealthy, he was a chief tax collector. He heard about Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming into town and he simply wanted to see who Jesus was. He climbed, ran and climbed a tree to see him. A man of great wealth and stature, this was abnormal for someone in this position to be trying to climb a tree just to see someone that was coming through. But that's the power of, 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 and, and, and the presence and the level of influence that Jesus had, that even his name alone, and the Lord just began to really minister to me about the power that we are people going out of their way to cross paths with us? Do people know about us, right? Have people heard that, wow, like she's such a light. Wow, she's such a, uh, she has such a heart for Jesus. Wow, she really has a heart for people. Wow, she really has, you know, uh, um, a desire to serve. Wow, she really wants to see people, you know, um, be, be healthy and whole. She really wants to see people freed and delivered. Whatever it is, I, I, I wonder what people are saying about us. Are people desiring to cross paths with us because they know that we are going to uh, shed some light on the situation? Or do they know that, that if they talk to us, they're going to receive a word, that they're going to be encouraged, that they're going to be inspired, that they're going to be spiritually inspired, I should say, not by us, but by what the, the Lord is allowing us to minister uh, to them through us, right? And so I shared something in the Women of Grace. I shared something in the Women of Grace group me that I'll, that I'll say again. And it was really about that three-way light bulb. And it was about the light that we have as believers. And we all remember that three-way light bulb. And we know when we click it the first time, the light shines. You know, the light comes on. It's a really low light. We click it again. The light's a little bit brighter. And then we click it the third time. Now we're talking, right? Now we're in business. Now we can really see what's happening in that space. Because the third light is this bright light that really lights up the whole room. And what God was beginning to minister to me about that I shared with, um, with I think uh, many of you that are on the group um, is that many of us as, as women and as believers, we're operating at the first and second click. And what do I mean by that? It means that we are afraid to shine bright in a room or in, in, a, or in our circle of friends or in our office because we're afraid of what people will think if we shine bright for the Lord. We're afraid of what our friends and family may say if we shine bright for the Lord, because the first thing that the enemy will have people saying about you when you make a decision to go all in for Jesus, when you make a decision to really walk in the light that you possess uh, or that dwells within you, the first thing people say is that you changed. The first thing that people say is, you know, oh, look at her. Like now she thinks she's too good and now she's a nun. And I mean, I've heard all these things. Now she's a Jesus freak and now she doesn't want to hang out with us because she thinks she's better than us. All of those things, and, and oftentimes what we see is that we end up dimming our light. We end up withdrawing. We end up not uh, being all of who God calls us to be because we want to be, we we be comfortable. We want to be um, uh, not people pleasers, but we really want people to accept us. And I just want to kind of just break the news to everyone on this line <laughs> and everyone who will listen to this replay is that we will not be accepted by the world. The Bible tells us, you know, that we are not to love the world or the things in the world. Because if you love the world, then the love of the Father is not in you. We are not going to be accepted by the world. We are going to be persecuted for his name's sake because that's what Jesus said. So we just need to get it out of our, our pretty little minds that people are going to accept who we are. And I can tell you, especially when we make the bold move to walk in all that God has for us, people are really not going to check for us. You're going to start losing friends left and right, family left and right. That's a part of the journey. But we have to embrace that part of the journey. And we have to be prepared 
to lose it all for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So this is a second passage that highlights just the influence that Jesus had. Jesus could eat at the table with sinners and not be influenced by them. He had a kingdom agenda. So we talked about this. We talked about the influence that we have and what we see occurring in many places around the world with believers is that believers are so comfortable at being mediocre in, in, in our walk as, as, as Christians is that we've allowed the world and the people in the world to influence us. So whereas we're supposed to be a light, we're supposed to be, you know, sharing God's word, we're supposed to be sharing words of encouragement and words of hope, no pun intended hope, we are instead allowing other people around us to influence us. And God is saying no more. God is saying, this is a season where I am reminding you and I am going to uh, show you and, and continue to reveal to you who you are and all the power and influence that you possess as my daughter, as a daughter of the most high, that where you're going, I need you to really shine your light because there are people that are waiting to get a glimpse, to catch a glimpse of your light because it's going to change their entire uh, um, um, life. Because if we go back to the story of uh, Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, the passage goes on to further tell us his encounter with Jesus jumping up in the tree and all of that. Jesus knew he was coming to save Zacchaeus. He knew that. He knew that already. And Zacchaeus and his whole household end up being saved. And the passage in KJV tells us that Zacchaeus sought to see who Jesus was. I wonder how many people that Jesus sends across our past, but we aren't in a position where we're walking in our light. So we miss it. We miss our opportunity to lead someone to salvation. We miss our opportunity to minister to someone because we are unsure of ourselves because God has already told us what, he's, what the assignment over our lives, but we refuse to be obedient to what God has said. We refuse to shine our light. We want to operate at one, the first click, and God is wanting us to kick it up two notches to operate at the third click. I wonder how many times we've missed, missed the mark, right? So we are just going to ask the Lord to just really just have us run it back, <laughs> right? Like we're just going to, Lord Jesus, run it back. We want to be able to minister to who you have cross our paths. We want to click the light up. We want to truly be a light of the world because a light of the world is a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. And that the Matthew 5, 14, it goes on to further tell us that who lights a candle and puts it under a bushel or under a barrel? Nobody does that, right? When you light a candle, you are lighting it for a reason. The purpose that a candle serves is to light up a space. So it says that you light the candle, you put it on the candlestick to light the entire house. Many of us need to come from under the barrel, come from up under the container so that we can be a light to the world, not just a light in your room, not just a light in your house, but a light in your office, a light in your community, a light in your grocery store, a light when you go get your car fixed, a light at the nail salon, a light of the world. The world means everyone in it. Everyone that we encounter should be impacted by our light. So this passage just tells us how Jesus was having dinner at, 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 at Matthew's house or Levi's house, and which we know Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples. And this is after Jesus told Matthew to come and follow him, right? And there were tax collectors and sinners, and they were eating with him. And people were like, hold on, wait. <laughs> uh, okay, Jesus is eating at the table with sinners, but we talked about how he was there on a mission. He was there to call the sinners to repentance. He was on a kingdom agenda, as we should always be. And as one of my dear sisters in Christ, Kanita Benson, always says, we should be on missions everywhere we go. So we should be prepared to be able to minister and, and, and really be prepared to shine our light everywhere we go, right? So again, we talked about this. People from all walks of life were drawn to the Lord, to the Lord, right? Even skeptics, even skeptics. Our own enemies should be drawn to us. Our own enemies should be confused by the level of influence that we have over them. I kind of want to say that again, because that's so deep. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our enemies should be confused by the level of influence that we have over them because they even them they want to hate us right they want to they want to they want to uh, uh, persecute us and slander our name but just like uh, 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 the Pharisees and other people who who followed Jesus they couldn't help it there's something about us that even our enemies are like man there should be something about us that they are even still drawn to 
the anointing and the Holy Spirit that is in the light that is shining so bright that even they cannot help to be to be like stalkers and all. I mean, you hear all these things where people are low-key stalking people because they say that haters are really just people who are fans in disguise, but they can't come out because of their pride. They can't come out and say, you know, I'm really a fan of yours. I really am encouraged by you. So instead, what the enemy does is any bit of any uh, uh, of them feeling kind of any kind of way opens up the door for the enemy to come in and make them. It, it creates a, an opportunity for them to feel <clears throat> so that for the seed of jealousy to be planted. And once the seed of jealousy is planted, it, it becomes really difficult to uproot that seed. Not impossible, but you see that that seed sometimes grows and flourishes, and then you see a friendship go left. You see different relationships go left. It's unfortunate, but it does happen, and it is a normal part of this journey. So if it has not happened to you yet, it will. <laughs> Trust me, it will. So the traits of a kingdom influencer. So, so as kingdom influencers, we are we know that we're in the world and we're not of the world, right? That's what John 17, 16 tells us. We are not influenced by the pleasures of the world, right? We are king. The, the kingdom influencers are kingdom minded individuals. And just like Jesus was on a mission, which is why he was able to influence people and not get sucked into anything else. He wasn't there for that. He was on the earth for a reason. Within his three years, he was strategic, uh, intentional, focused. Uh, 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 you know, he walked in love and compassion and all of those things, but he was on a mission and we should be the same, have the same mindset. We're focused. We're on a kingdom, uh, a mission. We have an agenda. We want to advance the kingdom. We want to encourage people. We want to use our voice for the kingdom. We want to, to walk in love and forgiveness and, all, and we want to bear the fruits of the spirit. Another, another key trait or characteristic of a kingdom influencer is that we are atmosphere shifters. We should be shifting the atmosphere everywhere we go. Uh, we talked about that. Our light and the presence of the Holy Spirit should be seen and felt by everyone we encounter. And Matthew 5, 16 further talks about this. Let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So we should be oozing and dripping. Like the Holy Spirit should be dripping from oozing from our pores. We should just be like just dripping in his presence, so much so that you can't help but have an encounter after you cross paths with us. You can't help but wonder, or someone can't help but wonder what it is about us that has this, that has them so, um, I don't want to say, uh, uh, not under a spell, but just, just so drawn to, to our presence. And so, so much so that they, they're looking for us. And when we're not in a room and we don't attend an event, people are like, where is so-and-so? That's the kind of presence that we should have. Where, where the Holy Spirit is so powerfully seen through us that when we don't attend something, people are wondering why. Because there's something about us, which is, again, the presence of God, right? Some people can't articulate that, that people want to encounter. And when we don't show up, that's, it, it's missing. It's missing because we have the power to light the entire room. And that's just powerful. Uh, so the next characteristics of a kingdom influencer is our, the fruit. The fruit. The Bible tells us that we will know uh, the disciple. Jesus tells you when we will know the disciples or his disciples by their fruit. Um, and, and it literally means by, by their behaviors and by the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit, those are the attributes or the characteristics of a, of a, a Christian, right? Like this is what we should, we should, um, this is what we should be operating in. These are the things that should be evident in our life. Uh, and even when we're in a, uh, this is an ongoing transformation so, you know, there's probably areas where we're still, the Lord is still dealing with us and working with us in. So this doesn't mean we're going to all cross all the board, be like super peachy keen in all these areas. Likely God is still dealing with us in many of these areas, but this is what we, this is, this is the majority of the fruit that people see when they are talking to us, uh, just from our actions, from our behaviors. And if you feel like, man, I don't bear any of those fruits, then it really is time for us to uh, to just go before the Lord with this and really ask the Lord to just really just show you the areas that you um, that uh, you can work on through his grace and by his grace that you can bear more fruit so that you can be really be a fruit bearing Christian and also too by just being in the presence of God and spending time with him you'll notice that he will begin to to strengthen you in these areas that um, that you are weakened or yeah that you're weakened so for me patience is something that uh god is still dealing with me on just patience oh my gosh i am so impatient i don't even like to get my nails done that's just how 
and I love getting my nails done, but I'm so impatient. And God is really just still dealing with me on that. And I'm always praying, Lord, please help me be more patient. And what you'll notice is that in the areas that you pray and ask God to help you in, he usually will send tests and trials in those same areas to test you to help strengthen that area. So again, so, so kingdom influencers glorify God in all things. We use every opportunity. We should be using every opportunity, every assignment, every platform to glorify God. All things in the life of a kingdom influencer points to Jesus. That is one of the differences between a kingdom influencer and, and a, a worldly influencer. In the world, influencers, they're pointing, their, they point, they're pointing to services and to, to other things that they're offering and just all these other things. We are pointing people to Jesus. Every opportunity that we can, we're pointing people to Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 31 tells us, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. So I just spoke a little bit about this, and we just, we touched on this. And it is about the worldly, um, it's about the worldly influencers, right? Worldly influencer versus kingdom influencer. We have to choose wisely. We can't be both. So worldly influencers specifically and consistently lead people to a product, a service, a program, or to themselves. Whereas kingdom influencers are leading people to scripture. They're leading people to salvation. They're leading people to the saving grace of our Lord and Savior. And that's through exhortation, through encouragement, through the sharing of God's word, and more importantly, by example. Because you can post as many scriptures as we want. But if we aren't walking this thing out and if we aren't living a life of devotion to God, we are fraudulent. We're not authentic. We're counterfeit. And we see that a lot where there's counterfeit Christians, where people post one thing, but you know them personally. And you know them, you're like, hold on, homegirl. <laughs> hold on, sis. You're not really like this. You posting all of these scriptures, but you just cursed out Sister Betty on Sunday. You know, we see it. I, 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 I'm making light of it, but it's, a re it's really prevalent in the Christian community where people will post a scripture and people just, their, their post and their talk doesn't align with their behavior. And what it does is it ends up tarnishing the name of a, of a Christian, like the entire religion. You hear people saying, well, I'm not going to be a Christian because Christians are judgmental, Christians are this, gossiping and all that. But it's because of what they've seen. They've seen Christians behave that way. Therefore, people are really cool on this, on being a Christian. And, and this is our opportunity to show people who are around us that, listen, I'm not just talking this talk. Devotion to God is a lifestyle. Just as we put on our clothes at daily, the Lord tells us in the, in, in, in the Bible that we are to clothe ourselves with humility and compassion and gentleness. So this is a daily death to self, which we know, but then a daily process too, of clothing ourselves with the things of God, with the, with the spirits um, or with the the traits of righteousness, right? Like this is what, this is a daily thing, but we have to make a decision. We can't walk the line. And this is the clear and distinct difference between a worldly influencer and a kingdom influencer. So I'm just, I'm excited. I don't know about y'all. I'm sorry. I'm gonna pause there just to see if anybody has any thoughts because I've been talking for like 20 minutes, but this has really been, this was so, I was so excited about this. I'm like, wow, man, I'm gonna teach this state another case. I'm gonna run around, throw shoes. So let me, <laughs> I'll open it up and see if anybody has any thoughts, anything that came to mind real No thoughts, niche, do I need a hope? Okay. All right, ladies. Is this is this resonating with you guys? Is this I know y'all not quiet. <laughs> hey, no, this is resonating with me. Um, especially when you even talked about the beginning, you said the presence of Jesus changed the people around them. <laughs> makes me want to just strive to be um just like that like even when I'm around certain people I want to make sure that my influence um is not focused on me or what I can do for you or how I treat you or anything like that I want to make sure that um the presence of Jesus is shining through me in whatever regard if I'm talking to you whatever I'm doing around you I just want to make sure that you see Jesus and not me you understand yeah. what I mean by that um so yeah. I think that really resonated with me um and then when you just talked about, um, especially Zacchaeus, he was, 
a famous tax collector going up on a tree to see Jesus. Like, that's saying, like, anybody who you think is super famous doing, going out of their way to find Jesus, that shows the, how powerful God is, how his, how Jesus' Jesus's influence was so powerful to so many people. Um, and like you said, even the sinners wanted to do whatever they could to be around him. So um, it just showed you that no matter who you were, whether you were rich or poor, you wanted to be around Jesus. Um, and that's who we should be trying to emulate. Yeah, amen. That's exactly what I believe the Lord is just bringing to our attention, that, that there are people who desire to sit with us the same way they desire to sit at his feet. There are people who legit want to be around us and who want to sit at our feet. The, op- the, the question is, do we create the opening, right? Do we, do we uh, respond to the nudge when the Holy Spirit is saying, go here? Do we respond to the nudge when the Holy Spirit is saying, this is what I want you to say? Or do we, or do we shy back or do we dim our light and do we say, well, no, Lord, I'm, I don't want to do that because I'm not here on that. No, you're on assignment all the time. <laughs> I don't care if you at brunch with a girlfriend, you're on assignment. You, it might be an opportunity for you to minister to the waitress. You just don't know why uh, you are where you are. And trust me, it's all divinely uh, uh, already set up. And just being, again, just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and being obedient to when he's telling you to, to, to say certain things and to do certain things, even when it doesn't make sense. And even when it's contrary to what the world thinks, right? If, if the Lord is telling you, like, for example, I've had to stop at a light, hold up traffic and pray with a homeless man, hold, take his hand during the pandemic, okay? Take his hand, <laughs> take his hand and pray with him. People are cursing me out, okay? Because it, the light is green, okay? The light is green and ain't nobody got time for this, okay? <laughs> but I'm like, listen, the Lord has said to stop and pray for this man and take his hand and, and, that, and that might be the only encounter with Jesus that that homeless man will ever have. Now, after that, I became, he became my friend in my mind. But um, so, I mean, you know, I would like take like, I, like little Bibles and stuff to him because I really wanted to carry that out. Until, it was, until I moved, I was like, okay, Lord, I really want to just pour all I can into him because those are the people that the world has ostracized or that the church, like the religious people have uh, looked down on, but those are the very same people that Jesus died for too, right? Like, I I don't know, somewhere along the way, we have created this elitist system where salvation is for a certain subset of people. And, And this is what the religious, the modern day Pharisees have done, where if you were, you know, you grew up in the church or if you, you know, you lived a certain way, then you were welcome in the church and welcomed in a different way. Whereas if you were just coming up off the stroll, just coming up out of jail, coming up out the shelter, you're not received by church folks in the same way, right? You're just, it's, it's the way, it's the spirit of religion. It's the spirit of religion. And I really believe that God is doing something major in this season. And he really is calling us to really minister to, the, to those who are hopeless, to those who are lost, to those who are just, coming off the stroll, just coming out of jail, just coming off the block, because he died for them too. How dare we try and ostracize and separate ourselves from people that the Lord, like these, they could potentially be our brothers and sisters. All they need is to be loved up on and be showed the love of Christ. So that's how important it is for us to walk in our light. That's really just how important it is because I don't know what Thomas, his name was Thomas, y'all. I don't know what Thomas at the light. I have no idea what will go on to happen with Thomas, but I can only say, Lord, I was obedient. I prayed with him. I fed him. I, you know, I did all of these things, some extra stuff, just because I just, my heart, my have a heart for the unreached, but we should have that same heart. We should all have that same heart and share that same compassion for, um, for all people and not get caught up in, in just wanting to minister to one, one, one set of people when the Lord is really, um, he's really, really, what I'm seeing is he's really allowing or bringing in those people into the churches and bringing them across paths of believers, right? It's almost like, what you're going to do? How are you going to act? This is like, these are souls that we should be winning. So are you going to walk in your light and are you going to do what you're supposed to be doing now? So it's so powerful. So yeah, thank you, Nish. Just, it's, it's so deep. The Lord is really just, and not to mention, he's raising those very same people up to use them to do such mighty things in the kingdom. So you're going to see some ex-felons and some homeless people. You're going to be like, hold on. 
I might see Thomas again. Thomas might be preaching. You just don't know. You don't know because God has a great purpose for all of us, even those who have not, you know, uh, not yet invited him into their lives. That's, that's what we come in. We come in because we are leading people to Christ and then boom, Thomas, somebody else may water the seed that I planted. Next thing you know, Thomas is saved. Thomas walking in his calling. It, everything has a domino effect. So when we do what we're supposed to do, everything else follows, right? So it's just so important for us to really walk this thing out. Okay, so to sum it all up, I mean, gosh, whew, it was a lot, but I really do. This is, it was good. I mean, I was like, wow, Lord, man, we are ambassadors of Jesus. We are representatives of Jesus everywhere we go. People are always watching us. That's the third bullet. We should demonstrate the love and heart of Jesus everywhere we go. I don't even care if we are with family members that are unsaved and they think that we are crazy. And they're like, girl, why are you giving a dollar to the homeless? He's a drunk. We have to stay true to who we are. We cannot allow friends and family because those will be the first people that will look down on us. Those will be the first people that will tell us that we're doing something that we aren't supposed to, that we're doing too much. People always want to tell us when you start to do things of God that you're doing too much. You're not doing too much when, you got all, when you're following all these like worldly trends and all this other stuff that's happening. But as soon as you start being super sold out for Jesus, all of a sudden you're doing too much. Now you got to chill, sis, because you putting too much Jesus on your post. There's no such thing as being chill when you're completely sold out to Jesus. You're either on fire or you're not, right? So, and we are not, we're in a season, we are not going to allow other people who don't want to catch on fire for Jesus to, to throw water on what God is doing in us, to, to, to really take a hose and try to water down the fire that we have for Jesus. It's just not going to happen. And I just believe that if we have to separate from those people, then the Lord will, trust me, the Lord will shut it down. But even if we have to say, you know what, I may have to start to navigate this person a little bit differently, still walk in love, still love them, but not allow them in my space because it disrupts my peace or it disrupts what I know God is doing. Um, and so there is, this is another quote, but this is from my current pastor and spiritual dad. And he says all the time, our goal on earth is to make Jesus famous, not ourselves. We ain't supposed to sell a product. We're not supposed to sell out of any, all of that thing. So if God has called you to a business, that's great. What I'm saying is that is not our focus. Where our focus is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? All the other things will be added to us. Like, Everything else with the business and all of that, don't worry. The Lord will make sure that it'll, if it's from him and his vision, that it will be fruitful. And fruitful sometimes is not always financial. Fruitful is sometimes in the supernatural, in the spiritual, right? But he's going to take care of all that if, it's a, if it is a vision from God. We don't have to focus on that. And we should not be driving people necessarily to that. Um, we should be making Jesus famous and, and really talking about the love of God and really talking about the gospel and really sharing our testimony and really just encouraging people to come on over to the other side because so many people are living in darkness. So many people right now are struggling. They are really struggling. So I would encourage all of us to check in on people, you know, see how people are doing. Ask the Lord who, who he should see fit for you to minister to this week, who he should see fit for you to send a scripture to, send a word of encouragement to, because again, people are hungry for just the word of God. People want to be seen. This is what God was telling me, that people want to be seen, they want to be loved, and they want to know that they are chosen. And if they knew who they were in Christ, and if they were, were saved, then they would know that those three things, that's what God, that's what, that's who we are in, in Christ. But because they aren't, they don't have that. So it's our job to now come in and show them that they are loved and that they are chosen, and that they are the apple of the Lord's eye, right? We have this opportunity, and we have the influence to do so. So we are called to be the light in a dark world. We just have to come out from under the table, okay, and really come up on top of the dresser and really add light to the entire room. So this is just a few questions for us to just think about, right? Just as, as uh, you um, reflect and pray about tonight's study, these are some of the questions that the Holy Spirit gave. And we know that every time we have a woman of grace study, it's always reflective because the whole purpose of Bible study is to challenge you and is to see where you are and assess where you are and assess um, um, what some things that God is speaking to you about 
this particular topic. And so one thing that the, the Lord was asking is, are you afraid of shining your light out of fear of making others, the people of the world or the saints feel uncomfortable? When people see you, do they see the hands and feet and heart of Jesus? When people see us, these are all questions for all of us, myself included. Do we use our online platforms to share the gospel and demonstrate the love of Christ and lead people to Jesus? And there were a couple others that I wrote down that he said to me, and he said, are you, oh, are your conversations full of grace and seasoned with salt, right? Are we adding value to conversations or are we adding negativity and, and gossip? Or do people know that when we enter into a conversation that they can surely expect some spiritual, some spiritual guidance or, or are they going to expect us to just go ahead on along with what they're saying, right? That should be what we do. We are to season our conversations with grace. Right? Our conversation should be full of grace. And then the Lord was just saying, do you bring hope to the hopeless? Do you bring hope to the hopeless? When you encounter someone who, who is full of despair, do you bring hope to the hopeless or do you shy away from an opportunity to minister to someone? Do you shy away from an opportunity to just to, to share a word of encouragement? Do you shy away from the opportunity to really be a voice for God when you see someone who is in desperate need of encouragement, right? Shying away means you're afraid. You don't know what to say. Uh, is there's a number of things that prevent us sometimes from, from responding to that little nudge and that still small voice that's saying, hey, that person needs to hear from you. Hey, check in on that person. Hey, go visit that person. Hey, I mean, the Lord speaks to us. The still small voice is real. We just have to be sensitive and in tune when you have to be in a place to be able to hear from God. So striking the match. So we talked about this a little bit. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, and I just want to read uh, just a little piece that the Lord gave me, because we talked about the importance of striking the match, right? And we talked about how uh, the Lord showed me a forest fire, like in a vision, and he was just saying if we were to strike a match and drop into the forest, that it has the potential to start a wildfire that consumes everything around it, Right. And as we just think about how we are crying out for people to be saved and all of that, that we have the potential to strike the match. And as we burn for the Lord, then other people are sure to catch on fire. It's no doubt about it. But we just have to strike the match in our own lives and make commitment to burning for Jesus and, and really burning so much that it is something that it is a fire that no man could put out. It is a fire that there's no water that could that could that could put out the fire that we have for the Lord. And so we're gonna we're gonna close in prayer, but we're gonna close in a song because this is the song that the Holy Spirit said to close us out on. So I'm gonna close us in prayer. Um, are there any comments? Sorry, I don't want to rush us rush us out. Any other comments? Any other takeaways? Danita, uh, hope. Okay. Okay. Well, I pray this bless you and I pray that you continue to just, uh, just pray on it and just think about what God is, is just saying to us as women and as believers, man, this walk is, is so serious, but I'm so excited that God sees fit to just continue to remind us like, hello, excuse me. <laughs> you have influence. What's happening here? You're not using it. Hello. Like, <laughs> you know, he keeps tapping us on our shoulder. Like, Hey sis, Hey daughter. What's like, what's up? This is a season for you to really step into who you're, who you, who I've called you to be. This is a season for you to release that fear and release those self-doubts and all the other things that are causing you to dim your light so that you can make other people feel comfortable. So I do pray that this is a season where we really release all of those things to the Lord and really just walk in who we are. I'm, and I'm just excited because God has such great plans for us that as soon as we begin to just even get a small inkling of just how great the plans are, that it gives us this sense of holy boldness and we really just take off running after the Lord and people just start chasing us because they're trying to figure out what, what you're running to. So, but we, and we can be prepared to, to tell them what we're running to. So I'm going to close this out in prayer and I'm going to play this song. And this song is basically like a spontaneous worship song. And it is inviting like the Holy Spirit in to just come and burn within you, like come and burn us up, like come and just invade our lives and permeate every ounce of our soul and every ounce of our, of our mind and of our heart. It's such a sweet, powerful uh, uh, worship song. So just, it's, it's like six or seven or eight minutes long. So I would say just lay out, just 
allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. This is one of my favorite spontaneous worship songs. It really is powerful. So whatever posture that you want to be in physically and spiritually, I mean, stretched out, laid out, I'm probably going to be laid out on the floor. So, um, but it is really a powerful song. And so this is what the Holy Spirit wanted us to end on. So I'm going to just close this out in prayer. We're going we're gonna to play this song. And, you know, as you're led, please stay on the, please stay on the line and let it, let it at least just minister to you. It's really such a sweet song. So, Father God, I just thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for tonight's lesson, Father. Thank you for just reminding us, Lord, of the influence, Lord, that we have because of whose we are, Lord. I pray, 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 Lord, that you release boldness over each and every one of us, Lord, that you just release this, 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 this powerful, just this sense of just this holy boldness, Lord. And I'm trying to figure out a word for it, Father, but you just shake us up so much so, Lord, that we just begin to just grasp and fully embrace who we are in you, Lord, so that we can see, Father, that it doesn't matter what's happened to us. It doesn't matter who has said what. It doesn't matter the experiences that we had. We just want to just, um, uh, to just really truly be all that you have created us to be, Lord. So we want to really release any trauma, any experiences, any heartbreak, Lord, any grief, Father, anything that the enemy is 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 weighing on us or, or allowing us to be weighed down by so that we can really truly be who you need us to be, Lord, so that we can really truly minister to who you have for us to minister to, Lord. You are calling us, Lord, to light up the rooms that we walk into, Father. You are calling us, Lord, to, to add grace and salt to the conversations, Lord, that everything that we're a part of, Lord, everything that we touch, Lord, people know that we are a representative of you, Lord. People know that we're walking in love and forgiveness, Lord, that we are really, truly one of yours, that we aren't just talking it, Father. We aren't just counterfeit Christians, but we are truly on fire for you, Lord, that we are truly in connection with you, Lord. So I thank you right now, Lord, for the lives that we will impact because of the light that we will shed right now from this day forward. Hallelujah, Lord. Doesn't matter how we were prior to now, Lord. I pray, 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 Lord, that from this day forward, Father, that you allow us to shine brightly and be bold for you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I pray that this song ministers to my sisters, Lord, and myself, Father. I thank you for what you're doing in this season, Lord. I thank you, Father, for just all that you keep reminding us of, Lord. I thank you for the great plans that you have for us, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Continue to just reveal those things to us, Lord. Continue to reveal the gifts and callings that we have, Lord. Awaken gifts that have been lying dormant, Lord. Connect people with the right kingdom helpers, Lord. People that are strategically assigned to help them, Lord. I thank you right now for the purging and the cleansing that's happening in this season, Lord. Have your way in my sisters and I, Lord. We are fully yielded to you in this moment, Father. I thank you, Lord, and I praise your precious and holy name. In your name we pray, amen.